Tim Chang was born in 1991 and proudly admits to knowing nothing about anything that happened before 2003. Sheltered, innocent, and unaware, this is one man's attempt to show Tim Chang the wonders of the world around him. This is The Education of Tim Chang with your host, Josh Simpson. Hello and welcome to The Education of Tim Chang. I'm Josh Simpson. And I am Tim Chang. Well done. Yep. Uh, today on the program, our guest is Mr. D.C. Pearson. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Uh, D.C. is a comedian, an actor, an author. Uh, what am I missing? A rapper? Yup. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> a man of many, of many trades. Uh, awesome. Uh, how you doing, Tim? Pretty good. Just had a whole box of pizza. Yeah, <laughs> you can say whole pizza. <laughs> I don't know if say box. Of that makes it sound like it's like a cereal box. <laughs> like you open it and you turn it upside down, and just pizza just goes like, <laughs> like out onto a plate. <laughs> well, they don't know that, so that's maybe, true. Maybe I did. Maybe do you that. did do that. <laughs> it was just a regular pizza. Yeah, <laughs> it was very good pizza. Uh, yes. Yeah, Tim of course ordered a whole pizza for himself again. Uh, that's pretty much all we talk about at the beginning of these podcasts is just how much Tim's eaten. Uh, he's he's still got a good metabolism, so good on you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, Enjoy but, it. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts. It'll catch up to you soon enough. Um, awesome. It's been a while. Um, yeah. So, yeah, today we're going to go over uh, some music, a, a musical artist, uh, cool, a rapper cool. specifically. Rapper, all right. Um, first, before we go in, I want to know, uh, name some rappers... Um, what you would consider like older rappers or uh, old school? I don't know if old school is the right word, but like maybe rappers from the '90s. N- name me some rappers for the '90s. Okay, Tupac. Okay. Biggie. Okay. Uh, Jay Z. Old Jay Z. Old, old Jay Z. <laughs> Before you know, mm-hmm, sure the transition to awesome music. Uh, uh, all right. Well, you uh, said so, yeah. You said Biggie. Yeah, Biggie. That, yep. That's what we're going over. That's who we're covering today. Are you well versed? Uh, in the, like n- notorious B.I.G. Yeah, I've heard of them. Uh, I heard there's like one really popular song. Yeah, I forgot what it's called, but it's like a really like slow. It's like a slow jam. Big Papa is probably the one you're referring to. I think. So. Okay, I, I feel I like yeah, it. it's a hard way to narrow it down for Biggie, just because he's pretty relaxed tone on. I would say, or maybe not relaxed. Let's say sometimes, but, sometimes. Yeah, I. I it's interesting, like, yeah, when I was going through and picking out songs that we were going to play on the show, and you kind of, like, hear, when you're thinking about playing music for somebody else, you hear it differently than when you're just listening to it yourself. And then you're yeah. like, oh, wait, maybe he has more of these type of songs than I thought, or whatever. So when I, I brought some some Biggie, I kind of tried to think of ones that represented, like, the full range of the Notorious B.I.G., even though he really only has two studio albums, mm-hmm. Life After Death, or Ready to Die and Life After Death, which was a double album released, ironically, after his death, even though it was already called that. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, because I have in my head my like mental Notorious B.I.G., because he is like my favorite rapper of all time by far and was kind of the first, um, I would say, I guess like, I'm trying to think of a better word than gangster rapper, but but sort of like more street, more commercial rapper that I that I listened to. He was kind of my gateway into like you know commercial rap uh, and and you know out of just sort of like the roots and stuff like that. What you would call maybe like backpackery mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and so, but it'll be interesting to sort of hear it through through your ears, Tim Chang. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because I've I've always seen like that music video of him in the club or something like that dancing. <laughs> That's like the only thing I know. Is that, is that the right? Is the sure, maybe that? I don't know. I'm trying to think if he's dancing in the in the Big Papa video because that's the song. I think the song that you were talking about earlier, but maybe it's not. Who knows? It'll be interesting. This will be this is a, a fascinating exploration yeah. of yeah. what people's mental notorious BIGs. Are. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, uh, I think of middle school personally. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's about where I was. Uh, just like yeah, I think so. I think I was too. Yeah, I think we're about the same age. I would hear uh, yeah, I'm 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 28, and I would hear. Mo money, mo problems on the bus a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be playing through like the tinny like bus speaker. Yeah, I I I'm 29, so about the same. But it was I remember hearing Old. it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> you guys can't see it, but Josh has like a giant like white wizard's beard. <laughs> you know, you age gracefully. One year, my friend. <laughs> uh, I'll take it. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I, I picture like yeah, sixth grade like dances. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Like, like, I would picture them if I'd gone to any. <laughs> I think. I think actually no. I think I went to the first dance in sixth grade and the last dance in eighth grade. And okay. I think all were. It's funny that I'm drinking a soda right now because I think all of them were punctuated by like, well, there's free soda, <laughs> and there's a lot of standing in the back being like, I've had like three Dr. Peppers. I am feeling good. I am. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to continue to stand here <laughs> to celebrate how good I feel. Ours, was, ours were very weird. I went to religious schools. Oh, really? Out, so it would be like, the, I was at Lutheran schools specifically. So it would be like one school had the, the dances. Oh, and then you guys would converge? Yeah, I everyone see. went there. Was it a boys' school and you guys would go and there would be girls there? It was a co-ed school. They oh, okay. co-ed. And oddly enough, it was a school called Our Redeemer. It was like, like it was very weird. That sounds weird. dark. It, Our Redeemer. It sounds like it's a school yeah. founded by the Punisher. I mean... It, dark things happened at those dances. <laughs> like high schoolers would show up. People were what? doing stuff in cars and be like, "How was this Greece?" Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like Greece to it me. Ba- yeah, Greece, except for a lot more goth kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> goth Greece. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere, someone is going to make that, and they're going to be rich. What were? Do you remember any school dance memories, Tim Chang? Yeah, I went to all of them. Yeah, I, I had dates. What? Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty normal. Is, this, yeah. is the slow journey of podcast learning that Tim Chang is the coolest person in the improv community? <laughs> He'll surprise you. Yeah, <laughs> he I'm not. I'm you. not. Cool. What would you say? What could you name like one or two songs that you identify specifically with? Like uh, middle school dances? Is it, were there like just hits? Yeah, they played Usher's Up a lot. Um, what's another one? Yes, they played Gold Digger a lot. Sure. Yeah. That's because that's that's things that middle schoolers really need to concern themselves with is the idea of yeah. someone marrying them for their money. That might have been high school for you. No? Uh, wouldn't that come out like 2000? Gold Digger would have come out in around 2005. Yeah, right around so, when yeah, that Ray was, came out. Yeah, yeah. so that was, that, was middle, <laughs> yeah. that was middle school for me when okay. Gold Digger came out, yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, well, uh, and then Up by Usher, that would be one of the trancy ones, right? Yeah, not too. Those are the kind of songs that you hear, and you're like, I know, I know this song, but I don't know exactly who it's by, and I don't yeah. know exactly what it's called. Been Pitbull's probably there yeah. somewhere in the background. It's <laughs> like, okay, here we go. You know, that's that's fun. I'm always just pleased when they're not by Chris Brown. Oh, same here. That's, yeah. You know, like when you hear one of those songs, you're like, this is pretty. And then you then you look and you're like, oh, it's fucking Chris Brown. Yeah. I stopped- Shazam should just have like a feature that when it comes up Chris Brown, when you Shazam a song, it just says shame on you. Yeah, for real. Because you're only Shazamming I'm- it if you like it. Yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry. Tim. Oh, no. I mean, like I anytime like so I, I like I love hip hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Me too. You know, gotten a bunch of new albums. Yes. Uh, but any song with Chris Brown in it, I just don't even listen to it. Right. I'm just like, I can't I can't support that. 
I agree. Song, you know, I agree. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I try to separate the artist from the art as much as possible. But he is so unrepentantly a, a, just the worst person, and all of his music. It also kind of takes on the mantle of him just kind of being like, hey, I'm a nice guy. We can just party. We can just go. You know, like I was reading today, there was, excuse me, I'm having pizza burps here. I didn't even have a whole box of pizza. I just had a third box, uh, you know, at most. But uh, I was reading an article today about like Wyclef, uh, or not Wyclef, uh, he wishes, Will I Am. Um, uh, don't you think Wyclef wishes he was Will I Am right now? Probably. Okay. Um, <laughs> I haven't heard and, of and Chris Brown have a new song on Will I Am's album that, that Will I Am just wholesale ripped off of this like uh, IDM or EDM group or whatever. Um, and uh, they were all pissed about it. And I was listening to it just to be like, compare the two. And Chris Brown was on the thing. She's like, girl, let's just have fun tonight. Let's go just enjoy life. And it's like, it doesn't, it really doesn't work at yeah. past a certain point. Uh, that, that, that attitude, unfortunately. But, uh, Tim and I were before, off mic before we started realizing that, uh, we've actually run across each other before because I briefly, uh, DJed at the UCBLA New Year's party this year. And, uh, we actually bonded over the artist future. Yeah. Who were, who were both, uh, fans of the, uh, current rap R and B superstar future, who I was supposed to go see last weekend in Anaheim, but he canceled. Oh, why? Yeah, why? I know. I have no, no reason was given. Just got an email from Ticketmaster like a month ago because I bought tickets like two months in advance. And I was really oh, looking forward man. to it. And they were like, sorry, no future. And then <laughs> no I was like, future. Sex Pistols? And they were like, no, no, no. We just mean no future. Coming <laughs> um, cool. Uh, let's, uh, Tim, What rap, name your favorite rappers. We've been over this a little bit, but uh, who, yeah. you like hip hop. So, yeah. so, so lay it on me. All right. Kanye, definitely my favorite right now. Actually, he's been my favorite for a long time. Actually, yeah, he's just my favorite. Great of all time. I, I, that's a good one. Yeah, two chains. <laughs> all right, uh, I like Future. Uh, started listening to ASAP Rocky, uh, Kendrick Lamar, uh, Jay Z. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I guess Diddy, <laughs> P Diddy. <laughs> um, I have like a playlist of mm-hmm. just like just random songs. Like you know, I just shuffle them, but. I guess those are main. Like, Big Sean. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, if you ride in Tim Chang's car, uh, which I have done. <laughs> two <on> Changs. <laughs> yeah. Is anyone that your alias? Two Changs? Should be. No, I I like. <laughs> no, 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 no. Should be. It could be. Why not? I I just, I found him out with like when uh I listened to Mercy mm-hmm. uh, last year and I was like. The guy in the last verse, like, that guy's really good. Yeah. So I looked him up. I was like, oh, this guy named 2 Chains." Yeah. And it's like, well, well, that guy was my favorite part of Mercy, so I'm going to try and find more of his Sweet. songs. And it just so happened that his name is 2 Chains, and I'm Tim Chang. So it's just <laughs> like, that's just a like weird destiny. coincidence. Yeah. It's, it's not my favorite. Cause sure like, it I'm, is. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. My favorite rapper is DC Schmierson. <laughs> He's oh. a guy from New York. He loves uh, bagels. <laughs> Your favorite rapper... Should be you, man. Yeah, no, it's, I'm not. I'm not Kanye. I don't have that yeah. level of of bravado to identify myself as my favorite rapper. I'm definitely not. I, I'm not even saying that to be modest. I'm just like, no, I'm no, no. I, I don't know if I would make my top ten. Uh, well, well, good, good. Um, all right. So uh, I guess you know. I guess we kind of covered. Uh, Biggie a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Intro. You know, it's it's interesting which one of which ones of those artists have kind of bridged, you know, the '90s into the 2000s. And I'm almost wishing that I would have put because there's a song on, uh, excuse me, Reasonable Doubt, Jay Z's debut album called uh, I want to say it's Brooklyn's Finest. 
uh, which is like it's a notorious B.I.G. feature, and it was like probably a huge get for him mm-hmm. at the time being on that on that song, just the way that it would be like for Jay Z to be on that song. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry for notorious. It was a big get for Jay Z to have Biggie on that song. Yeah, yeah. Pretty exciting. Um, and uh, so I wish I'd put that on there because, like, also, too, like, Diddy, or as he was known in, in the 90s, Puff Daddy, like, <laughs> Uh, or Sean Combs when he's an actor. <laughs> um, uh, there's a, the famous, not famous. I don't know. I, I just always think of it the behind the music story in in Puff Daddy's Behind the Music, where some somebody that he used to work with would talk about how he used to be in the bad boy offices and just take his shirt off and be like, Sean Combs is my name when I'm an actor. Puff Daddy's my name when I'm a rapper. <laughs> Diddy is my. And he had this whole sort of uh, spectrum of of self worked out, and good for him, I guess. It kind of paid off. But I don't know if there would be a Puff Daddy without a without a Biggie. I really don't think there would. He At least the performance. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he kind of. I mean, so I, Tim, I, I, and stop me if you if I'm saying anything that you're already aware of. But yeah, I think that, and I also. Um, I read several Notorious B.I.G. biographies in, like, the middle of the last decade, um, and so it's been a while, and I just gave a cursory glance to his Wikipedia page to, like, refresh myself today, so mm-hmm. I might I might be... It, I, there might be numerous factual inconsistencies in what I'm saying, but anyway, this is the myth. <laughs> uh, but if Diddy kind of, like, plucked the Notorious B.I.G. out of obscurity, I guess you could say, out of the sort of New York-like rap world, and then sort of was his kind of like mentor and protege, and one of my favorite stories of all time is that they were in the middle of recording Biggie's debut album, uh, Ready to Die, and they were like four or five tracks in, and then Biggie just like split and went down to, I want to say Maryland, or maybe it was further south, to sell crack. Mm-hmm. Because that's a big thing that you would do in those days, maybe even still, is go take crack from the north and bring it to the south, uh, like some sort of wonderful reverse <laughs> underground railroad. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 Diddy called him, just like, "What are you doing, man? We're like recording your like major label debut album." He's like, "I don't, you know, I don't know if it was really going to pan out. Like, I don't know if it was real or not." <laughs> and that is just like the most sensible way anyone has ever behaved in the entertainment industry. It's just like I don't know if this album is really going to come through, but I know that I can get. You know, ten thousand dollars for this crack. Uh, but he went back, and then they they completed the album. And 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 Diddy, it's interesting. Like, you kind of the, you wouldn't really have one without the other, I don't think. But I think if you're a Biggie fan, you're somewhat ambivalent, if not disdainful, of of Puffy because he's kind of like since Big has died, like capitalized on his legacy a lot, and mm-hmm. it's is probably it's. It, it, it's it's the kind of thing where you wonder, and there are different conspiracy theories and whatever that we don't really have to dive into. But like, if if the man wasn't worth more to Diddy dead than alive, because if he's dead, he can control his legacy. Whereas if he were still alive, he might be like, no, I really don't want to do stuff with with you know Puff Daddy or now Diddy yeah. anymore. So it's kind of interesting. But uh, but those are all just those are all just myths and legends, man. <laughs> to talk about the music, man. <laughs> um, cool. So. Uh, yeah, I guess. What should the first track be? Um, 
I think I thought I, I did it. Did they come up in playlist order? It should be. If it did, it should be uh, party and bullshit. But party, I'm not sure. bullshit. party and bullshit. Yeah, have you heard so, that one? Sounds like a pitbull song. <laughs> <laughs> no, a pitbull song would be like party and Walmart. <laughs> they go together great. Let's all enjoy a Bud Light. Party and bullshit was his first song, right? Yep. It was like, uh, yeah, I read it was kind of his breakout, uh, and I think maybe pre-Puff Daddy, like, uh, like single. I was a terror since the public school era. Bathroom passes, cutting classes, squeezing asses. Smoking blunts was a daily routine since 13. A chubby nigga on the scene. I used to have the Trey Deuce and the Deuce Deuce in my bubble goose. Now I got the Mac in my knapsack, lounging black, smoking sacks up in hacks and sidekicks with my sidekicks, rocking fly kicks. Honey's wanna chat, but all we wanna know is where the party at. And can I bring my cat? If not, I hope I don't get shot. Better throw my vest on my chest, cause niggas is a mess. It don't take nothing but fuck for me to start something. Bucking and bucking at niggas like I was duck hunting. Coming out just me and my crew, cause all we wanna do is. It was pretty good, it was pretty good. Uh, I can definitely tell it's like, a, it's like an old hip hop song. I can just like feel it. Yeah. Listening to it. How so? I guess. I guess just because like I know it's Biggie, right? So I just like I just automatically assume like, oh yeah, that's if that's an oldies, it's <laughs> just, oldies. <laughs> yeah, and also it's like uh, it's fast. Yeah, it's, it's got like a like the kind of like boom bap sound, which is more kind of the traditional kind of like boom, boom, boom. That kind of like sort of like yeah. faster, you know what I mean? Like in sort of a kind of a faster, almost rapping style, where I feel like a, a, the predominant style now is a lot slower like hip-hop in general is a lot uh the the rhyming patterns are a lot slower just on average and just like way more bass now Mm -hmm. like um a song i'm listening right now is uh 500 degrees by taiga i guess heard it that song super cool song because it's like hard bass Mm -hmm. taiga just like raps so hard he's just like just, it's just a hard song. I mean, <laughs> the song, song is like it's, it's it's like chill. It's like a nice chill song, right? Uh, for me, anyway. And like it's like it's like a song I'd play like at a party and like an underground party or something. Mm. Not like a dance party, <laughs> right? Like a club. One of your underground, <laughs> yeah. yeah In your underground partying <laughs> ring, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like laid back in a yeah. way. In a way, but it's also like kind of fast and fun. Yeah, in a yeah. way. For me, yeah. It's yeah. just like I could. Yeah, so like the rhymes are are, are quick, mm-hmm. right? They're 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 quick, they're pretty edgy, uh, but yeah, for me it's just like it just feels like a song like where I'd walk to like some tunnel, like through a tunnel or something. Place. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I, that's what I'm envisioning. Yeah, sure, I'll take it. It's what not a, it's not a club song. How would you? Uh, I think it also depends on 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 what crowd you're you're playing for, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, but how would you kind of just like what were your impressions of like? Biggie as like a persona, like what did, did you get a sense of him as like a dude from that song? Uh, yeah, it's just kind of like he's like a fella, you know. He's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a fella. Yeah, he's the notorious fella. Notorious F E L L A. Like, yeah, he's he's got my back, right? You know, he just wants everyone to be cool with each other, right? Hey, I, hey, I, I threw a mini tantrum in that song, right? Yeah. That is interesting to think about, like, if that was the first time you'd ever heard him. Mm. Like, that his voice does grab you. Totally. It's like, it is somewhat relaxed, but I don't even know if it's relaxed as much as it's just a big guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like, whenever I picture Biggie, I picture him, like, leaning back. 
Yeah. Well, they, <laughs> they, they, in the, one of the books I read, they talked about like how he would write is he would never write anything down and he wouldn't like really think about stuff before they got to the studio. And then he would just like pick a beat and then they would play the beat in his headphones and he would just sit in the corner and just kind of like nod <laughs> his head and just like drink and smoke weed and drink and nod his head. And for like an hour or 90 minutes and then he'd be like, all right, cool. And then they would just, he would go in the booth and just do it, wow. which is pretty cool. That's an- I did not know that. But it's interesting, too. I, I feel like you can you can sometimes hear the difference between somebody that's writing something down on paper and somebody that's writing something in their head because I feel like when you write in your head, you have to kind of, like, connect the lines to each other a little bit and your lines kind of go into each other instead of just, like, punchline, yeah. punchline, punchline. It's kind of like there's sort of almost a natural flow because you have to remind yourself in the in the rhyme itself what is the next thing that's coming mm-hmm. up kind of in, an inter- in a weird way. Jay-Z definitely For sure. Does that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um uh, okay. Uh, next song. Uh, this this is. I'll bet you you've heard this one before, Tim. But uh, it is uh, it is juicy. Uh, it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine, hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic, Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight, cause I rhyme tight. Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade. Born sinner, the opposite of a winner. Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kick it free. Fuck Master Flex, Love Bug, Star Schemes. I'm blowing up like you thought I would. Call a crib, same number, same hood. It's all good. Uh. And if you don't know, now you know, nigga. Uh. Pretty good too. Uh, it's the soft, soft hip hop song, right? Uh, That's one of the laid back ones, I'd say. Yeah, for sure, yeah, absolutely. Def- yeah, way like way laid back. This is like uh, this is like his like Hey Mama song. Uh, Kanye's Hey Mama. Sure, kind it's of. Kinda, yeah, it's kind of like their. It's like his. Yeah. Like- yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I I I I feel like the his the the Kanye's Hey Mama song is kind of in more of the genre of like songs to people's mamas whereas this one is a little more even though it's concerned with his mama it's a little more in the genre of like almost a like touch the sky kind of song mm-hmm. but really? you know what huh. i mean yeah i mean musically i can see what you're saying in terms of how just the sort of the the attack of it being more yeah. laid back sounding um but i feel like this it's interesting because that while we were listening to it i was thinking about it and i feel like this is really one of the first super commercially crossover successful um sort of like look at me i made it my whole crew made it kind of oh, like yeah, yeah, hip-hop yeah. songs yeah. yeah whereas i feel like almost up until this point because this was 1994 if you had a song that was really a crossover breakthrough success it was a song where they were the literal content of the song was almost always like look at us we're rapping hello we are rappers <laughs> yeah. here rappers yeah. are here um and and it's interesting at the beginning of the song because he talks about he says Rem- remember rap and duke the ha, the ha, you never thought that hip-hop would take it this far. And what he is referencing, which I never knew and I found out at some point, is there was a, like, in the, I want to say late 70s, early 80s, uh, a novelty single on the radio called The Rappin' Duke, which was a radio DJ pretending to be John Wayne rapping. Like, that was like a single that like went to the top of the charts. It was like, I'm John Wayne, Pilgrim, uh, and whatever. And he said, like, a ha, ha, ha. So you think you're bad with your rap? Well, I'll tell you, Pilgrim, I started the crap. 
When you were in diapers and wetting the sheets, I was at the Ponderosa rapping to the beat. Da ha da ha da ha Basically, the song is almost a celebration of the idea that rap is a legitimate commercial genre now, as opposing as opposed to just being purely for for most of the consumer public, uh, surely a novelty. Yeah, which is it's interesting. You would never have that in hip hop now because hip hop is if anything like the dominant musical idiom mm-hmm. on on uh, on the charts or one of them it's now almost being superseded for the first time by dance music yeah but uh but for you know i feel like it's been for 20 years almost like the just the dominant musical form and, and rock and roll has almost been confined con, uh, consigned to kind of a like uh you know, like more of a more of a novelty, honestly, mm-hmm. more of like a you hear people talk about, oh, I want to live or party like a rock star, but there's no actual <laughs> that rock star thing that they're describing doesn't really exist anymore in rock yeah. music. Um, and that's could, kind of what really attracted me to rap in the first place was the idea that these were guys that had the bravado that rock stars once had mm-hmm. because the big rock stars out were like fucking Tom York from Radiohead. You know yeah, what I mean? Like right. and there was none of that. Uh, None of that attitude. But it's interesting, like, because you were talking about the sound of it. And I do feel like because you have, because Puff Daddy, uh, who sort of oversaw the whole production of the album, wasn't the the credited producer on most of the songs. But, like, uh, I feel like his palette was really drawing from, like, 70s, like, funk music. So that's mm-hmm. where you get kind of the sound that you're describing, which is very, like, luxurious, but kind of mm-hmm. almost, like, older or softer, quote unquote, sounding. Does that make sense? Definitely, yeah. This and is- I feel like that's a lot of the the sound of this album. Uh, this song was like, <clears throat> I liked it. It was like a good intimate song because I feel like um, there's like good parallels like between back then and now. Like back then it was all about gangster music, right? Like, right. Killing each other and mm-hmm. whatnot. And like the really good songs would always be like the songs about like, you know, oh, we made it together and stuff like right. that. Right? For like for now, now it's all about like swag and like trying to like get money and stuff. Yeah. But then let's say, like, let's say like what's universal between those two like time periods is that you can always have like good intimate songs just about like, you know, making my, it. Yeah, making it or totally. you know, yeah, or like about your mother or yeah, absolutely. Well, there's <laughs> yeah, a lot mama. of mom. There's a lot of mom content in this song. So yeah, so, yeah. absolutely. Mom content. Damn right. Damn, <laughs> may contain mom content. <laughs> Warning. Mom stuff. <laughs> uh, cool, cool. Uh, on to one of my favorite. Yes, Biggie songs. I just said that about the last one too. Right. <laughs> I guess it's kind of one of those things where uh, when you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, I love that. Right. Song. <laughs> uh, uh, but give me the loot. Yep. It's a stick up, stick up, and I'm shooting niggas quick if you hiccup. Don't let me fill my clip up in your back and headpiece. The opposite of peace. Send him on to Garif. You're talking to the robbery expert. Step into your wake with your blood or my shirt. Don't be a jerk and get smoked over being resistant. Cause when I lick shots, the shit's is persistent. Huh. Goodness gracious, the papers. Where the cash at? Where the stash at? Nigga, pass that before you get your great duck from the main thug. 357 slug. And my nigga Biggie got an itchy one grip. Huh. One in the chain, but 32 in the clip. Motherfuckers better strip. Yeah, nigga, peel. Before you find out how blue steel feel. From the Beretta, putting all the holes in your sweater. All right, so that song, a little more gangster than the one you've heard. Yeah, today. I'd say so. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. It was good. Uh, sound a little more like Wu Tang. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I would say kind of like a, a New York again, like kind of that that like boom bap sound, and like a lot of uh, samples. Clearly, like the you know, 
when he's sticking you and taking all your money, like all that stuff, like all the kind of like s- samples that sound like they're from like old movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I've got definitely hear that kind of like, uh, like dusted kind of vinyl-y like Wu-Tang scent. I hear that for sure. Yeah. Kind of, the, kind of a New York, or at least at the time for sure was, was thought of as being a very New York kind of sound, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How, how many rappers do you think were featured on that track? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was, I think there were four. Whoa! Just one Tim Chang. What? Notorious B.I.G. That was it's all, all him. Yep. What? I was yep. wondering that too. Both, both. Yeah, it's uh, it's all, it's all just, it's all just him. It's he's in like conversation with himself, and they probably recorded them separately. But that both of those like characters in the song are him, which is pretty incredible. Shorty, let me do that. Just get the fucking car keys and cruise up the blocks. The bitch act shot, getting shot on the spot. Oh shit, the cops! Be cool, fool. They ain't gonna roll up. All they want is fucking dope. So why the fucking? Yeah. It's not something I necessarily think you would hear a whole lot of anymore. Uh-huh. I mean, I think maybe like I feel like. Kendrick might it's something that Kendrick Lamar might do but like these days but like that kind of like somebody painting these different characters and then also the whole beginning of it just being a conversation about how much loot they're going to get and how they're going to get it Uh, and then uh, the 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 sort of at the end almost going into like a scene basically where Mm -hmm. they uh, I feel like that's a hallmark of Biggie and that was was I think considered more of an important skill to have that kind of almost like storytelling thing um yeah. and now i'm not sure that it's quite as is valued i think now it's it, it tends to be more about punchlines which i don't even necessarily think is a bad thing mm-hmm. um but it's interesting how many songs on this album could easily be called like story songs yeah that is cool uh so next up we got things done change no more Coco Levio. One, two, three. One, two, three. All of this to me is a mystery. I hear your motherfuckers talk about it. But I stay seeing bodies with the motherfucking chalk around it. And I'm down with the shit too. But the stupid motherfuckers want to try to use Kung Fu. Instead of a Mac 10, he tried scrapping. Slugs in his back and that's what the fuck happens when you sleep on the street. Little motherfuckers with heat want to leave a nigga six feet deep. When we come into the way to make sure the crying and commotion ain't a motherfucking fake. Back in the days, our parents used to take care of us. Look at them now. They ain't fucking scared of us. Calling the city for help because they can't maintain. Damn shit done changed. This, this one's my favorite so far. Oh, yeah, cool. What's like, that? This is like a song that I could probably blast with my windows down. So it's, it's like it's like a nice like it's like a good beat. Rhymes are pretty hard. Yeah, I like it. Nice good song. Yeah, I gotta say, I I may have heard the song growing up, but not a lot. This hmm. is not one of his more popular, right? Yeah, no, I would say this would qualify as probably like more of a deep cut. Yeah. from the album for sure. Um, yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of like, I mean, there's like two different veins of, 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 I guess, conversation. One of which being like this, the sound of it, which is what you're talking about, which is kind of like almost, even though it's, I think, composed of, of uh, almost very organically or, or like analog, like it's all clearly like samples and it's like strings and horns and stuff like that. It does have this kind of like epic cinematic, like mm-hmm. sweeping I think would be the first word I would use to describe it, like sound to it, which is mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of it seems like what sort of what you're describing, and then yeah. also like the content of it, which I feel like is, um, and I almost become like you know not nearly as well versed in hip hop before 
like this album basically but mm -hmm. I feel like this is you know um, for me one of the first songs that I've ever heard like this and I do think it's a a vein or a genre of rap song which is the like man shit is crazy everyone's getting killed <laughs> um, yeah. um, song if that makes any sense which is you know just kind of about like and I it, it this song almost kind of like personifies what a contradiction uh, Biggie was and kind of both in real life and in his sort of his kind of persona which was like I'm, you know, where he even says it's like, and I'm down with the shit too. Why do stupid motherfuckers always try to use kung fu? Uh, and he's sort of saying like, man, this is crazy. It used to be great. We used to go to barbecues and whatever. And now everyone's getting shot all the time and it's gotten much, much worse. But then by the same token, I am of that world. You know what right. I mean? I also have lots of guns and yeah, use yeah. them <laughs> frequently. Um, and so he's, it's kind of the, the thing where, and it's it, sometimes it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a, line that rappers take a lot um and sometimes i think because it's true to who they actually are and sometimes because i think they it's like fashionable where they're like man i wish i didn't have to do this stuff but i do so there you go you know what i mean yeah um so it's kind of like selling out how do you mean song? like like um i mean if he was i mean if he was really honest himself right you wouldn't have to like carry weapons and mm -hmm. you know i mean he can just talk about how how much he hates all that stuff right. and not rap about how hard he is. Right. That's true. I mean, I, I do think that there is also that, you know, um, I, I, you know, he, it's interesting. Like, um, I was going to wait to talk about Tupac, but, um, my high school teacher basically once said, uh, when you're talking about transcendentalist writers, uh, uh, said, um, what, uh, what Emerson talked about Thoreau lived. And that was true of Biggie and Tupac. What Tupac talked about, Biggie lived. Like, Tupac was a fucking, he was like a kid who was in, like, art school, and he was in, took ballet and stuff like that, and his, and, uh, you know, um, his parents were super politicized, like, left-wing, like, intellectuals, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and he had, a, I think, a relatively nice upbringing, and really lusted after that street life and that street culture, and really identified with it, and wanted to almost co-opt it, whereas Biggie, as much as his mom tried to keep him in the house and and out of trouble and would like almost spoil him to try to keep him from needing to go out into the world uh he was super duper embroiled in drugs and stuff like that and i think felt uh i don't know whether it's true or not i never saw his mom's bank statements but like he had to be like he had really had no other other choice than to be in that life i mean as recently as like i said during while recording this album yeah and so you know i i, I do think that even though he felt conflicted about that entire life um i think he also felt like a it was a really compelling subject matter um and b it was all he knew so what else is he gonna what else is he gonna talk about you know what yeah. i mean i like that you like this this uh this song the most out of out of the ones we've heard so far it's definitely one of my it's easily one of my favorites of his as well awesome things done shanged things, things. done shanged. <laughs> maybe he'll like it even more uh uh what's next what do we got um warning warning all right Cool. Uh oh. Morning. Morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just jump right on in. Who the fuck is this? Paging me at 546 in the morning. Crack a dawning. Now I'm yawning. Wipe the cold out my eye. See who's this paging me and why. It's my nigga Pop from the barber shop. Told me he was in the gambling spot and heard the intricate plot. A niggas wanna stick me like fly paper neighbor. Slow down, love, please chill, drop the paper. Remember them niggas from the hill up in Brownsville that you rode dice with? Ooh. 
My nigga fame up in prospect Nah, them my niggas, nah, love wouldn't disrespect I didn't say them They schooled me to some niggas that you knew from back when When you was clocking minor figures Now they heard you blowing up like nitro And they wanna stick the knife through your windpipe slow So It's pretty good It's, uh Beginning kinda reminded me of Uh, Today Was a Good Day by Ice Cube Uh It was pretty good I didn't I guess, I don't know, never realized how basic the beats were back then. Like, they really just were like, you hit a, I don't know, like a drum or something like one time. I don't know. And then like, <laughs> something else, I don't know, but it just seems like there's like, not that much bass. It just doesn't feel like a, like this song in particular, like didn't feel like a hard song, hmm. even though the rhymes were like, kind of like, I don't know, kind of Kanye-esque in the sense mm-hmm. that like, it's a, it's a pretty, it's still like a deep song in my opinion. So like, mm-hmm. it just didn't feel like one, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting. Like, I feel like, be, you know, you you sort of talk about like um, musical palettes. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. palette of this song being um, very kind of like almost like funk seventies, like funk based. And if your association with that sound is like being like softer or more laid back, then it's kind of like, oh, okay. Then then that's almost what your takeaway from the feeling of the beat is going to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like there's, there's a book that Josh has on his, uh, his bookshelf called, this is your brain on music, which, uh, both me, my brother and my dad all gave each other for Christmas once a couple years ago. <laughs> um, accidentally without realizing it. And in that book, one of the things that they talk about is that, that, that what, uh, most human beings respond to about music more than any other thing is what's called the, uh, the timber or the timbra. I'm not sure how you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically all that means is just like the overall, sound of it just literally like it's not like the bass or the treble or or the words or any or the rhythm or anything like that it's just kind of the 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 sound of it so if it's like it sounds like it was made in a garage and it kind of has that that little that sound to it Mm -hmm. that's going to color your whole perception of the thing even if it if the lyrics are all about i don't know whatever something totally different yeah that's that's exactly what i was thinking interesting yeah, and I, I do think you're right because I know that there are songs that dudes that are like older hip hop heads than me are like, oh man, this is so hard and this is fo- it's crazy and it was just the streets were going crazy for this song and then you listen to it and it's like, hey guys, here we go. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, I yeah. can't help but hear like what that sounds like to me, which it sounds more, you know, uh, you know, it just sounds dated to me. Yeah. And so I, it's interesting, you know, because for me, this sound was kind of the beginning of my hip hop listening. And this kind of was the predominant sound of the like, you know, mid early to mid nineties was that kind of like funk and soul based samples and stuff like that. And so to me, it sounds like big and cinematic and cool. And I, I feel like I, I get the whole effect of it, but if you hear it and you're more inter- and you're more used to, cause why wouldn't you be used to associating other things with those sounds in your head? And uh-huh. for you, like what evokes that kind of feeling is like, you know, um, like the steel drums in Mercy or something yeah. like that, then that's going to be the feeling that you associate with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Definitely. So it's interesting to sort of contrast when you start listening to music as what it is the sort of emotional associations you make with certain sounds. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. I guess that sucks. Not really. I don't no? think so. Because <laughs> wow. now it's like every time I hear a song, it'll, to me, I'll... I'll like you said, like I'll just associate it with something that might like right. that I already know. Right. It almost seems unfair to the song because if I had heard it during that time, I probably would have been like, "Oh man, this is really hard, yeah. man!" Like, right? No, no, no. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it does. 
I don't think it's bad. I just think that's how it is. Yeah. And I mean, it would be, on the one hand, it would be nice to be able to just have a totally clear palette and just hear everything, like, for the, totally for the first time. Yeah. But part of what makes music fandom, I think for me, such a worthwhile pursuit is everyone's individual associations that they have with certain songs. So, like, that's why if I'm playing a song at you know, a UCB party. And I know it's like, okay, everyone here is, or the mo the, the, everyone here is predominantly, you know, between like 22 and 32. And like this one song, if I play it, like, I feel like this will get the most people in here kind of like, whoa, like, because yeah. everyone has that, you know, music just can penetrate your, your memory space, like nothing else and make you go like, oh, I remember when I was doing that and this thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's cool. And it's interesting how certain sounds can, can turn really dated and other ones can just, you hear it and you're like, oh, they could have made that yesterday. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because I have the same things where I hear certain things and I'm like, eh, it doesn't really sound all that like hard to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the things that make Biggie overall really worth listening to and, and, and that got me really into him in the first place is like the, the like the the wordplay. And I feel like this song features some of his all time best wordplay. Like, you know, they heard you're blowing up like nitro and they want to stick the knife through your windpipe slow is like you're just, <laughs> yeah. and you just if you break that down just as a writer, you're like, oh, man, like the cadence of it is so like just insane and like the way he structures like syllables in a line and everything kind of internally rhymes and flows and i mean like this is it's the kind of thing that may i always was like if you like words you should like hip-hop because they're using them in such an interesting way and it's such a it's such an instrument and it's like you don't have to like there can be a pretty picture of an ugly thing. Like you don't have to like what they're talking about, but you have to admire the way in which certain rappers anyway are choosing to talk about it. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's, I, I just, you know, I'm more just a old man hip hop here. pontificating. <laughs> also the line, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of slow singing and flower bringing. If my burglar alarm starts ringing, it's just, that's great. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. That's just the best. RIP. RIP. Uh, oh, we should also note, that at the beginning, when we started playing the song, the beeper sound Tim thought was like the speaker <laughs> malfunctioning or something. Yeah, or like his, he, he thought it was a smoke alarm. Right, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah and, then it, and then it was followed up with like a, touches on like a phone, on like a not, boop, not boop, a boop, cell phone. Boop, boop, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tim J, that was just all foreign to him. <laughs> There's a lot, also a lot of phone calls in Notorious B.I.G. songs on very old, outdated, now outdated phones. So. <laughs> That's kind of good though. I like, it's great. I, I like how that like rests it. Oh, it's the best. It in, in, it's the best in the '90s for me. Um, great. Uh, what's next for? Uh, this is the last one off this album, which is uh, Big Papa. Oh yeah. Which I'm sure you've heard before. All right, let's, let's give it a listen. Big Papa. To all the ladies in the place with style and grace, allow me to lace these lyrical dishes in your bushes. Who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies. The back of the club, sipping my witness where you find me. The back of the club, macking holes, my crew's behind me. Mad question asking, blunt passing, music lasting. But I just can't quit because one of these honeys Biggie got to creep with, sleep with, keep the epa secret. Why not? Why blow up my spot? Cause we both got hot. Now check it. I got more Mac than Craig and in the bed. Believe me, sweetie, I got enough to feed the needy. No need to be greedy. I got mad friends with Benzes. See notes by the layers. True fucking players. Jump in the Rover and come over. Tell your friends, jump in the GF3. I got the chronic by the truth. All right, Tim, so you've heard this one before. Yeah, uh, heard it at Good. Buffalo Wild Wings, heard it at 
What? <laughs> what? Robin Williams. <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo Wild, Wild Wings. Wings. Oh, <laughs> you've heard it at Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah. Last, sure. Yeah, last right. week there's a DJ who's playing a song at Buffalo Wild Wings. There was Wings. a DJ at Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah, it was like, a, it was like karaoke night or something. In, oh, uh, wow. Is this in Pomona? This was in Chino Hills. Okay. Yeah, he super. lives in Pomona. I don't oh, know I see. Know no, I didn't so know he's, that. He's, he's, there's a whole network of... Of stuff going on out there, that I, <laughs> I.e., a DJ at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's that's what comes to mind. <laughs> that and also that uh, commercial where that kid has like a baby in front of him, and there's like he looks at a bunch of girls. I don't know if I've seen that one. It's like, a, yeah. ba- a kid it might be Pomona only. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a commercial. This guy he has like a baby strapped on in front of him, and then like he walks on the sidewalk, and there's and they're, like girls looking at him. Oh, and, it's Big huh. pa- and they play Big Papa. Yeah, guess that makes sense. <laughs> both, both, probably not the the intended venues. No, for yeah. this song. Uh, uh, all right, what'd you think? Uh, well, I remember the first time I heard the song. I guess I wasn't like really impressed or anything. Um, but I guess it, I guess if I like looked at it from the context of just like hip hop, just you know, without thinking all this other stuff that I thought about. Uh, it's it's all right. Yeah, it's like a Drake type of song, in my opinion. Hmm. Just kind of like a soft kind of for the li- for the ladies for the ladies. Yeah, like a like a sex song, I guess. <laughs> sex song. Just three dudes yeah. sitting around a table <laughs> listening to a sex listening song. to a sex yeah. song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I definitely uh, I see that. I mean, I, I I think for sure it would it would definitely fall into the category of like. One for the ladies, yeah. Which definitely. rappers you feel like they usually feel obligate, almost obligated to have a song like that on their <laughs> album sometimes, and some of them do it well, and you, they're not just like, oh, I guess I got to do one for the ladies, yeah. Uh, and uh, but I, I think that this is like kind of, I feel like, I mean, you're not going to get me to say for the most part that Biggie doesn't that do any genre of song better than anyone else has done it. I do think this is definitely one of the best ever, like at for the lady, for the ladies, quote unquote songs Let's call yeah. it as evidenced songs. by yeah, <laughs> sex songs as evidenced by, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know this for sure, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that this was kind of his like breakout song. I think that's yeah. right. Um, and it's interesting too. I mean, it's like it, I think maybe that has a lot to do with the fact that it's the most, so it's the song that you could most easily associate with a guy that looks like him, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Like, it kind of is like, you hear there's a guy, a rapper named Notorious B.I.G., you kind of want his first song to be one where he's being like, you call me Big Papa, yeah. I'm big, look at me, I'm <laughs> yeah. here, I'm in a hot tub with, like, seven women, which I think he is in the video. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, too, it's like, it, 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 it's, because uh, this song always sounded really cool uh, and, like, you know, very kind of cinematic to me and very, like, you know... Um, uh, almost like film noirish or something, and then I heard—I hadn't heard it ever before—but like the uh, the song that it's sampled from, which is "Between the Sheets" by the Isley Brothers, and it's you get why Puff Daddy got criticized so much for just like wholesale taking songs and then just like doing rap songs over them, which now is just like totally just something that you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but at the time, people w- would criticize him for almost like the size of his samples, like just taking basically, this is almost <laughs> like he took the whole instrumental of that song and then it's just Biggie rapping over it on down to that like... I wanna keep you here 
I don't know if when I if I'd heard that song first, I would have thought it sounded cool. But because I've heard this song first, when I hear that song, I'm like, oh, it sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. But you got to really give it up for Puff Daddy for hearing that in that song, which even at that time would have been you know probably 20 years old or more. Um, and it's always interesting to me with, with, in, in regard to samples, like people who can hear things in old records that they know will sound good mm-hmm. on a new record. I would say like Kanye, like champion by Kanye West, which mm-hmm. is sampled from, um, a Steely Dan song. And like just the yeah. idea of Kanye listening to like a Steely Dan record, which yeah. everyone agrees is like white dad music. I mean, I really <laughs> like Steely Dan personally, but the idea that he could hear that and go like, Oh, I'm going to do this with it yeah. is, is really, is, is, is really cool to me. All right, so we're off of uh, life after death. We're off of ready to die. Ready to die. I'm an idiot. Uh, we're off of ready to die, which means now we're on to life after death. Yes, indeed. Uh, so what's what are we gonna? Are uh, we gonna ten talk? crack commandments. Cool. Ten, ten crack. Ten crack. Crack, crack commandments. Commandments. What? <laughs> You'll find out. I've been in this game for years. Uh, it made me an animal. It's rules to the shit. Uh-huh. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get your game on track. Not your wig pushed back. Rule number uno. Never let no one know how much dough you hold. Cause you know that try to breed jealousy, especially if that man fucked up. Get your ass stuck up. Number two. Never let them know your next move Don't you know bad boys move in silence and violence Take it from your highness uh-huh. I done squeeze mad clips at these cats for they bricks and chips Number three Never trust nobody Your mama set that ass up properly gassed up Hoodie the masked up For that fast buck uh-huh. She be laying in the bushes to light that ass up Number four Know you heard this before Never get high on your own supply Number five Never sell no crack where you rest at I don't care if they want an ounce Tell them bounce Number six Alright Tim So what do you think 10 <laughs> Crack Commandments was about? Uh... I'll be honest. It was the the beat was really distracting. Not the, well, not, maybe not the beat, but that hmm. like wicker work. I was like, it was like really bugging me <laughs> this whole time. Like I, I was trying to pay attention to the lyrics, but just like it was just so distracting. Huh. I guess it's about crack. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely about crack. Selling crack in particular. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I felt like the beat was almost not distracting, just in how it was a loop, basically right. for most of them. Um, but I guess that, you know, I guess that repetition can throw you off. Um, yeah, it was ten crack commandments. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, fair enough, Tim. And I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and try to get you to get you to like ten crack commandments. Uh, I mean, I am. That's what I'm about to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- it's interesting. And again, I think it just comes down to kind of like what sounds you sort of associate with certain things because I honestly like, because you hear a lot of like scratching on this album, yeah. like actual record scratching. And I am not a huge fan of scratching in general. Like I don't, it doesn't sound great to me. It tends to make records sound almost like weirdly dated to me. And yeah. sometimes it sounds good, but then there's mo- most times I just kind of don't, I don't know, like, it, it's not my favorite thing. So, like, if there's ever a break in a song for just, like, a scratching solo, it's like, I'm not really that into it. I yeah. mean, to me, it just, for this one in particular, it becomes part of the fabric of the beat. And also, no, it's, um, this beat was by uh, DJ Premier, who's, like, a really legendary New York DJ and sort of beat 
Smith, if you want to put it that way. And it is really kind of a signature premiere beat. I mean, it's kind of, it's very, and again, you might not agree with these adjectives, but, uh, but like to me, it's a very like hard and kind of like, um, uh, very almost like angular and like that loop and like the boop, 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 like that kind of almost like hookiness to that, that thing is like, to me, that's what, that's one of the things I love about it, but I could also in the, the sort of insistence of it. And, um, there are, you know, like, I feel like it's a, it's the kind of song where if you're in the right crowd, if you put it on, people are like, whoa, because it's so, it has that that feel to it. And it the part of what makes it a little bit almost, I guess, if you want to put it that way, dated is kind of what what would make it have that effect because it would so stand out yeah. from anything else. Yeah. And that thing, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like that, that feel to it, like uh, 10, like that thing. And that kind of like almost like weird Wu-Tang, like samples and stuff i don't know it's uh those are all the things that make it great to me besides the the fact that the ten crack commandments can really be applied to to anything in life you know the idea of your mom waiting in the bushes to 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 shoot you for money (laughs) you know you gotta watch you gotta watch your mom that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying here Uh, tim's mom called him earlier while we were off off mic and uh just watch out tim watch out that's all i'm saying I don't think she was thanking me for those Mother's Day. Games. No, she was trying to, as, as Biggie put it, she's trying to set your set your ass up because she's <laughs> properly gassed up. She's gonna have my back though. <laughs> oh yeah, right? totally. I will say one thing about Biggie. What you were just saying about the counting off at the start. He, yeah, he knows how to start a song. Absolutely. Like that, I'd say that's one of his strong suits for me. Is like, uh, you know, he's, he's good at coming in. To yeah, player, absolutely. Right? He he always he always makes an entrance for sure. Um, all right. Powering through here. We got Powering a through. couple more. What what do we got? Uh, kick in the door. Kick in the door. It definitely sounds like an old school song. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't heard it yet. Alright. <laughs> Fuck Papa, you got to call me Francis M.H. White and take like toast, tote iron, was told in shootouts, stay low and keep firing, keep extra clips for extra shit, who's next to flip on that cat with that grip on rap, the most shady, Frankie baby, ain't no telling where I may be, may see me in D.C. at Howard homecoming with my man Capone drumming fucking something, you should know my stilo, went from 10 G's for blow to 30 G's a show to orgies with O's I've never seen before, so. Jesus, get off the notorious Clean us before I squeeze and bust If the beef between us, we can settle it With the chrome and metal shit I make it hot like a kettle get You're delicate, you better get Who sent you? You still pedal shit I got more rides than great adventure Biggie, how oh, are you gonna do it? Kicking the door, waving the 4-4 All you heard was Papa, don't hit me no more Kicking the door, waving the 4-4 All you heard was Papa, don't hit me no more Kicking the door Kicking the door, what? What are your thoughts, Tim Chen? This is my new favorite now Really? Yeah, Alright, yeah, cool yeah. I can see that It has like playful elements to it like the Totally womp, 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 Right And all that kind of stuff And the horns, yeah Yeah This sounds like a, like a better Rick Ross like, like a really good Rick Ross song I love it, Tim. I'm gonna <laughs> cry almost. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, it, it. Yeah, it's uh, sure, total. Yeah, great. I just want to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, it's uh, it, it's interesting. I was I was really fascinated to see what you were gonna say because it's produced by the same by DJ Premier who also produced the Ten Crack Commandments song. And to me, it's a very similar style of like beat and whatever. So I was like, oh no, is it gonna be? 
Mm-hmm. Are you not going to like it for that reason? Yeah. And I was also thinking as we were listening to it, like, oh, man, you really um, like production now is so different. And I think, you know, partially, I think because of Kanye West and and like partially because of like sounds popularized by dudes like Rick Ross, which is kind of like a I think a spiritual heir to that kind of like puffy style of like really big, luxurious, lo- like just auditorily like large, a lot of instruments, a lot of actual instruments. Um but there's a lot of like dynamics in songs now. And I feel like there's like movements and there's different instrumentation that comes in. And I feel like Kanye in particular has popularized, like having just a straight up tempo switch in the middle of your song, which I think is really cool. Um, But it's interesting when you hear something like this, that's just pretty much a loop, you know, like it's just that burn, 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 burn. So I'm really happy that you liked it. Was there any, were there any kind of like images that stuck out to you or lines that you remember going like, Oh shit. Yeah, there was one uh, that I heard. Was it something about like, uh, I forgot, but I do know that this song is definitely more about like him kind of, I guess, bragging about. Totally. Which is what I like too, because I like when rappers (laughs) talk about, you know, how awesome they are. Absolutely. Sometimes you got to break out of that mold and just admit that you're pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) What mold? (laughs) I'm with you. I just, yeah. I feel like that is the mold. Right. (laughs) To to a certain degree, for sure. Um, Yeah, I do think it's like one of the main. Uh, you know, sort of um, like, I guess, modes of hip hop as being like, I'm the best. Yeah. But it's ha- sort of how you choose to express that. Mm-hmm. Because it's a thing of like, say, you can't, if you say you're the best while sounding shitty, then yeah. you're disproving your argument as you're doing it. But if you like sound great while you're saying you're the best, it's like, all right, this guy might have a, this guy might have a, th- a th- uh, something, you know, he might have a point here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also, I, uh, this reminds me of, I had a college class called Shakespeare for Writers, <laughs> which was taught by this really, this like 80 year old Irish dude who worked on Wall Street <laughs> during the day. He just like taught this class for fun, basically. And there was one day where he was talking about um, uh, iambic pentameter. And he was like showing all these examples on the board of like, you know, this line from Shakespeare, this line from some other thing. And then the third one was kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. All you heard was Papa, don't hit me no more. Notorious P.I.G. <laughs> kick in the door. And we were all like, whoa, that's good. It was like kind of like a dangerous minds moment. Like, see, yeah. even rappers. But I mean, if there were any, if there was any sort of lyricist that I would put on par with or, or, or sort of put in that category of like wordplay and and particularly like you know, on down to like just the cadence and the number of words and the number of sounds in a line, it would absolutely be Biggie. I think the, the, I, when I first sort of realized, I was like, oh my God, this is rap is like, has this weird almost like DNA element to just like the sounds of the words was um, back, like we listened to it earlier, but on Juicy when he says, uh, 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 I'm trying to remember exactly what the line is. Oh yeah, it was it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine, Salt and Pepper, and Heavy D up in the limousine. And then I was like, what if it were? Would, would it work if it was if he just switched it and it was Heavy D, Salt and Pepper up in the and it didn't work anymore? Even yeah. though it's ostensibly the same number of sounds, suddenly it's way too long to like fit in the line. It's something yeah. about putting them in that order. Mm-hmm. It works. And I was like, oh, it's magic. <laughs> Uh, what do we got now? Uh, going back to Cali. All right. I, I would, it would surprise me if you hadn't heard this one before. It would surprise. It would surprise me if you had not heard this before. But maybe yeah. Born and raised in Cali, so yeah. <laughs> find out. <laughs> All right. If I got to choose the coast, I got to choose the east I live out there, so don't go there But that don't mean a nigga can't rest in the west See some nice breasts in the west Smoke some nice sets in the west Y'all niggas is a mess, thinking I'm gonna stop Giving L.A. props All I got is beef with those that violate me I shall annihilate thee 
suitcase clothes, suitcase filled with clothes, linens and things, I'll begin things, beat the fuck flash, 818, 213s, 313s, B.I.G., frequently floss holes at Roscoe's, if I want a squirter, take her to Fat Burger, spend about a week on Venice Beach, sipping Crisco with some freaks from Frisco, I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. Alright, so first thing I guess is, have you heard that before? Uh, the song I haven't heard it, but I've heard uh, like the like a line from it, like going back to Cali Cal. I've heard that, heard that in the a hook. Yeah, I heard that uh, in a another BW3s. No, no, I, <laughs> no, no. I heard that in a, <laughs> a midnight show video sketch on YouTube. <laughs> There's a like sketch with James Pumphrey and Kale Hartman where they're like like something about like a gun or something like that, and then. Kale gets shot and he's you know, like while he's dying, he's like, I'm going back to Kelly Kelly. So that's that's how I know the Midnight song. Show exposing America's youth to classic hip hop. In yeah. the first episode, his only he knew the song Yesterday by the Beatles only from uh, a World of Warcraft YouTube video. Whoa. <laughs> so YouTube yeah. is opening, you know A lot of doors. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of doors. Uh, uh, great. Uh, what'd you think of that one, Tim? Uh, it's it's all right. The, for me, like uh, a song like the beat needs to really catch my attention before mm-hmm. I can start getting into the lyrics. Sure. So like for this one, it was I tried just because it's like a famous song. Mm-hmm. Like I tried to get to the lyrics, but like the funkiness of it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I was like, yeah, no, totally. It's like it was like yeah. too much of that. I, that's I'm not a fan of that. Right. But uh, the lyrics, yeah, it's all right. Didn't appreciate Pretty. the eight one eights and. I'm not even from. I'm not even from. I'm not even from. Okay, you're not even from. 909. No, but, no, you know. <laughs> no 909 references, unfortunately. No, no going back to Pomona. Pomona, <laughs> Mona. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, this. I mean, this song is clearly trying to. I mean, ape that like G funk sound, kind of like a like you know Dre or Tupac or that whole side West of Coast the world. Sound. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. whole West Coast sound. Um, and yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I always liked the East coast kind of feel of this time more than the West coast feel, even though it's, I've come around to it more, especially living in LA and listen to, listen, listening to, uh, like K day and stuff like that, which is like Mm -hmm. a really great radio station out here that unfortunately is like going away. It seems like, um, like I've come to like that kind of sound a lot more, but yeah, I'm, I'm almost with you. Like if this song weren't a biggie song, I don't know if I ever would have really, even known about it yeah um so i more appreciate it because like oh he's doing one of those songs than i do like then i would seek out a song that sounds exactly like this one mm-hmm. um but I, I i threw this in here not so much because it's like technically the best uh biggie song although there's a lot to like about it um including the line uh if i have to choose a coast i got to choose the east i live out there so don't go there, which is just the all-time best decision to not rhyme. You know what I mean? Like it's so just like I live out there, so don't go there. It's like great. It's great. It's one of the just the, I think to me one of the funniest lines of all time. Um, but uh, it, it sort of is kind of right at the center of the the Biggie and Tupac feud. I feel like or what would be an interesting chance to to talk about that because we were talking about it a little bit off mic and. Mm-hmm. Tim, I can't remember exactly what you said, but like, why were they like yeah, why they have a fighting? Yeah. Well, it's really interesting, and I, I wish I remembered all of the details better from my from my notorious B.I.G. readings. But basically, what it comes down to is they were really, really good friends. Mm-hmm. They like to start out with, like they be, they kind of were coming up around the same time, and they were like, I think they just had gotten together, and they like, you know, the, their stories about like, you know. Uh, 
Tupac coming out to New York and meeting up with Big and being like, you got to take me to see like fucking Jamaicans in Brooklyn, like just the crazy <laughs> hardcore Jamaican gangsters just like dreading each other's hair and just like having AK-47s like on the kitchen table and stuff because he loved that and he wanted to he wanted to be be of that. And Biggie almost kind of being like, really? Do you want to? Really? You want to? All right, yeah. cool. Um, and again, a lot of this is manufactured from some things I've read and then also just kind of like it getting messed up in my head over the years. But, but basically what it seemed like the, 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 I don't remember exactly how it started, but, uh, the, the big events of the beef were Tupac was in a studio in New York. And I think somebody like some guys came in and like snatched his chain and like he ended up getting shot. They shot him and uh, he didn't end up getting shot in an unrelated incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, like, um, <laughs> it was and he really felt like Biggie did it when he was asked about it later. He was like, or like not that he did it personally, but that he had it done. Um, or at least and, knew about it. Or exactly. Something. Cause he was and coming to visit him or something like that. Right. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was like Biggie was coming to the studio and then these guys showed up and then Biggie wasn't there. And it was all very like, uh, shady and so Tupac felt like Biggie had done it and said so publicly and then it's sort of um, I think stoked by you know people on both coasts not necessarily even the artists themselves it became this just huge one coast against another coast and like culminating in there's a really interesting clip I want to say from like from the Source Awards I think around that time uh-huh. where uh, I can't remember who it is um, but somebody from the the west coast talking about like if y'all don't want a producer that's all like trying to dance and the videos and shit then come to come to the west coast or whatever like taking a direct shot at, at diddy diddy I, for putting himself in all the videos i think that was i think that was snoop dogg oh yeah i think so I, I, I believe it because i remember i think you're right I yeah because i remember watching a video like a long time ago right. about it and remember specifically oh that's snoop dogg yeah oh, he's talking about something kind of political right 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 <laughs> totally well it's funny now because he's so completely like i just wrote for the mtv movie awards and and my main memory of the evening was watching snoop dogg talk to peter dinklage uh so clearly he's <laughs> snoop has become completely 1000 percent publicly acceptable but yeah at the time like he was he was yeah, hard I, I remember that yeah my yeah. parents didn't want me to Totally. Listen to Snoop Doggy right. Dog. Murder was the cakes that they gave me. Uh, um, but yeah, but so, um, and then I, I, I don't remember too many specific events from after that, but but Tupac was, so he was shot, got out of the hospital, then did hit died, him up. Then, yeah. Then, um, Tupac did hit him up. Right. Which, which escalated everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. did not respond to that. Right. Yeah. And that, did a song about at, how much he likes California. Right. At a certain point, it weirdly it did become this almost like it it, it became one sided, and you felt like like the West Coast was really like ready to just do anything, and like Biggie was trying, to, and the East Coast was also you know ready to do anything, and Biggie was trying to like patch it up between the two of them, and it never really it never got good again, and then uh, Tupac got killed, and then Biggie got killed uh, two weeks before this album came out um Jeez. yeah it's a big bummer it's <laughs> yeah. just a it's just a it's just a uh, a gigantic waste and almost i remember i i wish i remembered more of the specifics but i remember feeling like when i was reading that book like it really had elements of a kind of like romeo and juliet or shakespearean tragedy thing where it's like one party misunderstands something then the other party misunderstands something then it's just this this like comedy of errors and then like people are dead and it yeah. sucks um yeah you're right you know mm-hmm uh, so I wanted to end with on a, on a more triumphant note, which uh, with a song that Tim alluded to having heard before, but you couldn't, you can't not. And this was kind of the song that really got me into Biggie, and I remember 
learning all of its lyrics while I pushed uh, carts around uh, the the lot of the, the the grocery store where I worked <laughs> in high school. So this is my notorious B.I.G. Uh, introduction, which is hypnotized. Come on. Sicker than your average Pop a twist, cabbage off instinct Niggas don't think shit, stink pink gators My Detroit players Tim's for my hooligans in Brooklyn Dead right, if they head right Biggie there, air night Papa been smooth since days of under rules Never lose, never choose to Bruise crews who do something to us Talk go through us Girls want to us, wanna do us Screw us, who us? Yeah, Papa and Pump Close like Starsky and Hutch Stick to clutch Here I squeeze three at your cherry M3 Bang every MC easily. Recently, niggas frontin' ain't saying nothing, so I just speak my peace. Keep my peace. Cubans with the Jesus peace. With my peace. Packing, asking who want it. You got it, nigga, flaunt it. That Brooklyn bullshit, we on it. Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me. And I just love your flashy ways. I guess that's why they're broken, you're so all right, Tim. Hypnotize, our last song of the day. Uh, yeah. Had you heard that one before? Yeah, I've heard this a bunch of times uh, at clubs. This is a club song. <laughs> You've not been to a club, have you? I've been to clubs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, he just turned 22. I guess that makes sense. Uh, all right, all right. Same as always? It's not nothing special for you, or what? Uh, it's, it's a nice, fun jam. Good song. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I dance to this. I play it in my car. Yeah, it's like a average song i mean it's a good when i say average song i mean it's a really good song <laughs> wow yeah. well that's <laughs> just misusing words then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i guess so uh okay i can see that i think like when i when i think of that song coming out i just remember like first of all just boats <laughs> right just him on a, a lot of him, boats him on a bunch of boats speed boats but also just like uh uh i feel like that was yeah, like what you were saying. Like that was the one that like got me. Like, oh, who is this guy? And I was like, oh, he's dead. And uh, right, like, right, yeah. For me, I mean, I I didn't really start listening to to Biggie until probably like I don't know. I was probably like two thousand. You know, I mean, two thousand, mm-hmm. two thousand one. So he'd been dead for like four years at that point. And I'd maybe already seen his behind the music. You know, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was a big and big into behind the music on VH1 at the time. Um, but it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. Do you feel like Tim that you have like songs that you really like now? Do you, you oftentimes associate them with their music video or do you do you know what i mean like do you feel like you get exposed to a lot of music that way like the first time you might hear a song might be seeing the video i actually don't watch a lot of music videos no i just kind of like i listen to the entire album first pick out the ones i like mm. and then if it just so happens that that one becomes a single then right. i watch the music video. i see yeah gotcha yeah it's interesting because like um I think Josh and I, we probably both like were because I would have seen this music video in watching like MTV or VH1 or whatever, but not really realized, you know, like I I probably wasn't like, oh, I like this, but I would have seen it just from watching so much MTV. Yeah, Everyone would have seen it. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. And uh, and and uh, sorry, what were you gonna say? uh, That's it. Pretty much. Yeah. You know. There was ten videos, right? That were totally, yeah. Time. No, so I think it's interesting. Uh, people of a certain generation, like you, have s- so many associations with so many songs that you might not even necessarily like just from watching MTV all day and just seeing mm. the videos. Because I know I would watch, like, you know, just randomly before I went to school, like sneak in and watch like ten minutes of MTV or something like that before after my parents left the house, but before I had to go to the bus stop. It was a big video, if I remember. Now I'm remembering more about it. Was it. Really it was like, big it was video. like a helicopter start. Yeah, I think they're in the. I think it, it was like one like, of those like they're spies for some reason, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like they're also in like a uh, 
uh, some sort of weird palace at some point for like the performance yeah. part of it. And I think there's a, they're in the desert. Like it's a big, <laughs> big, big video. And I mean, so to me, it's interesting. I don't know what I would, part of that, having that association with it makes it sound like a really big song to me because I have that imagery in my head. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, whereas if I were just hearing it for the first time, I don't know if I would think, oh my God, the song sounds huge or whatever. I don't know mm-hmm. if I would, yeah. it would sound big or small or what. But um, but for me, it, but now it does sound like just crazy huge and, and cinematic. And I know like if I'm DJing like a UCB party and I play it, like I think people are going to go nuts. Like it's yeah. sort of a perennial favorite. Um but uh, but yeah, it's interesting. I don't know what I would think about it if I didn't have the video in my head. I don't know if I ever would have like found it as mm-hmm. easily, if that makes any sense. That does make sense. I never watched any MTV when I was a kid. I watched Dragon Ball. I don't know. But yeah, I just like never got into music videos. Like, I just feel like just because like I, I listen to the radio a lot. Mm-hmm. So like when I do hear a song and I see it like on video. Right. Uh, I just always thought it was weird that like it's like how they can't. It's not perfectly i mean synced up perfectly right but doesn't it doesn't feel that way because like right though their their facial expressions doesn't match like the tone of the song i guess so that's why i never like really i know that's why i never watched music videos yeah totally i mean yeah you feel like it doesn't it's not adequately capturing what your mental image of the song is or like the feeling of it or whatever yeah like definitely when i watch a music video i'm like oh yeah he's just lip syncing Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, That is interesting because I definitely came up uh, with music videos. Right. Even my favorite comedy shows, or one of them, Beavis and Butthead. Right. There's a big music video element. Yeah. (laughs) Almost like it was like the justification for having the show on was like, oh, okay, there'll at least be videos in it so we can put it on MTV. No, it's none of that at all. Interesting. Well, overall, Tim, uh, what what would you take away from this? Do you think? what did you like? What didn't you like? Or uh, I'm um, just asking for your takeaways. Yeah, so I never had an opinion on Biggie just because I never really listened to his songs. Like, and if I did hear, I'm just like, oh, you know, whatever. It's an old dude. So, I mean, not older, old hip hop right, guy. Sure. He died when he was young, right? Twenty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was born in '72 and he died in '97, so he would have been 25. Oh wow, that sucks. Yeah, um, but I guess. I guess uh yeah, he's a good he's a good rapper. He definitely laid down the foundation for future rappers. Um would I listen to stuff in my car? Like yeah, I guess I would. Like I would go on Spotify, maybe like check out some of the songs, maybe browse through them, but it's not like Biggie's not a rapper that I would just be like get put on my iPod and mm-hmm. like really listen to it consistently, like every day. Like it's on my because when I listen to music, I always listen to hip hop every day, but it's usually like the same songs. Right. It's because I really like them a lot. Mm-hmm. But for Biggie, I think maybe just like kicking the door would be like the only song I'd keep listening to Great. over and over again. But I wouldn't mind if people played it. Like right. I, I wouldn't be like, oh, change the song. I'd just be like, oh, it's Biggie. It's cool. Right. I'll, I'll listen to him. But it's not what I would choose first mm. is what I'm yeah. saying. It makes sense. Well, I mean, it's interesting too. It's like you do have those songs that like, you know, I don't have every Steppenwolf song, but I have Magic <laughs> Carpet Ride. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because that's the magic, that's the Steppenwolf song that I need to have. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right, right. you're required to have, uh, you know, like, but I don't necessarily need their, I think that's Steppenwolf, but I don't necessarily need their entire catalog. So it's like, there mm-hmm. is certain, I feel like certain genera- gener- you know, generationally certain songs that you're like, okay, I like that one, but yes. I don't necessarily need their whole 
catalog. Totally. Now, yeah, yeah. now, would I, you know, would I love it if you listen to the entirety of uh, <laughs> Ready to Die on on uh, Spotify in your car? I, th- I think I would. I think you get a lot out of it. I think it's also an album that plays like end to end really mm-hmm. well, and I think it captures. I mean, like I sort of cut a bunch of them because you know we only had so much time, um, and I wanted to sort of cover the breadth of his relatively short career. But like, there are songs that just capture all of these other different shades of of this person and are like funny and sad and messed up and, and crazy and, 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 you know, a lot of angel dust. Um, but, uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean like I, so I think it would definitely be like worth checking out the entire album, but I'm also not going to sit here and be like Tim Chang. You have to listen to all Biggie all the time. Yeah. Like I didn't even really like, for some reason I realized like a couple years ago, as big as a notorious B.I.G. fan as I, as, as I thought of myself, I was like, Oh, I've never heard like life after death all the way through. I just had like a bunch of songs from it, but I never really realized, Oh, I don't have this whole album. It's like a double album. Mm -hmm. Then I went and listened to it and there was some shit. I was like, Oh, this is so amazing. And there was other ones where I was like, it's kind of dated. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it might be different if I'd heard them when I heard all of Biggie, like for the first time. So. I think that Biggie was like maybe the reason it's more sentimental to people our age is just like he kind of ushered us in to hip hop at a time Absolutely. when it was like like this was like a little after like NWA right. and like the the scary rap right. that was <laughs> happening out here on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And this felt a little more welcoming, totally. I think, you know, just in what you're saying. Well, I mean, especially like humor. we didn't we didn't even listen to, uh, you know, like because they feature so many different artists. So I didn't put them on here because it wanted to focus more on him. But like like Mo Money, My Problems and oh, songs yeah. like that where uh, or um, uh, uh, there's another one that's almost exactly like it. Um, but um, oh, Ben Around the World. Uh, yeah, yeah, been yeah. around the world and I, I yeah whatever but um but that were like these big songs with like big samples that were super poppy and they had these like colorful like hype williams videos where they were in like colorful oh, suits they're, they're <laughs> and they were just like dancing around and it was very yeah, yeah. And they were like in vegas and just crazy fisheye lenses and they were really just kind of like cool look hip-hop <laughs> is like it's awesome without being like clownish per se yeah you know what i mean and i think that was a really important transition that hip-hop had to make and just like we're going to be one of the only generations that like grew up without having the internet and then having the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're also one of the only generations that's going to grow up having like hip hop is like this weird, scary thing to something that's like totally culturally like that is culture. Uh-huh. Um, and and that this was sort of happening right as that like from like you know the early '90s through by I, I would say it was totally completely changed by like 9-11 mm-hmm. um, not changed by 9-11 but I mean like <laughs> by when 9-11 happened people were like I need hip hop no, um, no but by that time I feel like it had completed its uh, its its takeover um, and yeah it was you're right it was, it was kind of like ushered us into uh, uh, being like oh okay cool I might I might treat myself and yeah, now yeah. I and now I'm completely like if I'm sitting down I'm probably listening to hip hop before I'm listening to anything else which has been true and that's been true for like you know I guess 15 years now almost. Um, not 15, eh, 12. Um, but, uh, but largely because of, because, of this, because of this artist. But hey, Tim, do you? I'm happy you like yeah. kicking the door. I'm just, I was just thrilled uh, about that. As a hip-hop fan to other hip-hop fan, I will listen to it. I will, right. I'll take a look. Right. Listen to it. I'm always open, open ears. You're always so. open to old man hip-hop? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sweet. Well, that's, I guess, all we can hope for. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for doing this, DC. Thanks, man. I hope uh, it was. Okay. I hope I hope I didn't uh, boringly pontificate too much. No, man. It's all interesting. More than I knew. I'll tell you that much. Uh, and interesting stuff. Um, 
So DC, where can people check you out? Um, people can check me out on Twitter at twitter.com slash DC Pearson. And I would l- just love it if they would buy my uh, my book. I just recently came out with a young yep. adult book called Crap Kingdom, uh, which is a comedic fantasy adventure uh, about a kid that finds out that he's the chosen one in, an, in a fantasy realm and then finds out that the fantasy realm that he's the chosen one in is really, really crappy. So if that sounds enjoyable to you, uh, it's, a, it's a young adult comedic fantasy adventure, and I think you will like it and think it's funny and exciting. So uh, definitely get that. And I will go on record and say, you will. I loved it. Thanks, I thought Josh. it was great. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for reading it. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you know, it was very funny. It had a bunch of sci-fi elements and good heart to it as well. Thank it was you. It one of those books, like, I don't think I told you this, but, like, as a, it was one of those books that I stayed up later than I had intended. Oh, cool. reading it. So, oh, that's awesome. Uh, uh, absolutely. Thanks, man. So, uh, you know. Buy one for yourself and yeah, for your nieces everyone, and nephews and all, all those people. It's a, it's a really really good read. Uh, so thank you so much for doing Thanks it, Thanks for having me. Really happy to have you it. on. Uh, all right. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to DC Pearson once again for coming on the show. Listen, guys, if you like the show, like us on Facebook. Find us at The Education of Tim Chang on Facebook. Uh, check out the website. Check out the older episodes at theeducationoftimchang.com. Um, real big favor you could do for me is give us a nice five-star rating in iTunes. Maybe leave us a nice review. Um, I really appreciate that. That helps our reputation. helps us get more listeners. And, uh, you know, I like to think I'm not doing this into a vacuum. So <laughs> I'd appreciate any help I can get there. Uh, great. That's it. Goodbye. Da ha da ha da ha 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 ha